what is up guys? My name is Victor and welcome back to Bringing Grace to the Nations podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And I already said that. I messed up my intro, so that's that's fun. Guys, I first of all want to thank you for your patience. I have been out. I was sick last week. My sickness kind of morphed. I think it just created one mega sickness. I at first had like a really bad sinus infection that morphed into a really bad cough, like a really bad cough that was like this bronchitis-like cough. And then it was like strep throat, and I had all the symptoms that led towards strep throat. And then kind of ending that out, I had like really bad chills and like flu symptoms after that. So I don't know what was going on with my body. It just wasn't agreeing with what was happening in life. And so I got sick and life goes on. I am healthy. I didn't even have to go to the doctor. I took some cough medicine and I'm back healthy. I still have like a tiny cough, but it's not like whenever I laugh, but it's not that bad. So thank you guys for bearing with me. Thank you for, uh, you know, being gracious with the no podcast last week. And hopefully I'm coming back with uh, a fun podcast, although I think we're going to touch on some things that may not be as fun. It might be a little bit more serious, but I hope you guys will enjoy this episode. So if you guys and I'm assuming some of you are pretty well uh, knowledgeable and well informed when it comes to like Christian community. And I had talked about a few weeks ago that we were going to be talking and discussing some things that have been happening with within Christianity and more specifically within the Southern Baptist Convention. And I do want to comment on some of those things. Uh, However, this is not the show that I'm going to be focusing in on that. And I'm going to be the topic for the show is prayer. And we're going to be talking about prayer. And so we're going to get to that in a second. But I do think it's necessary for me to comment at least uh, for a second on the Houston Chronicles uh, series of articles that were released last week. And um. All I can say, guys, is that when I was reading those articles, especially the youth pastor one, when I was reading those articles, I got sick. Like, like I was literally nauseous from reading those articles. Uh, the, the youth pastor one specifically, I was actually reading it during class uh, because I'm a really good student. And while I was reading that article, I was literally, I was probably a quarter of the way through that article when I realized I was actually getting dizzy. Like I was getting sick. It was nauseating to see some of the things that had happened within the church. Now, thank goodness I have never been in a church that I that I know of that a case has never been opened. Uh, I'm not saying that it's not possible, but I'm saying I, I have no knowledge to any cases that happened at a church that I have been a part of. However, I do know cases that have happened within churches that I know of and that I have friends that go to that church. Um even things that have happened this year and last year uh, that I know of the churches in my community. And while I was reading that, uh, I, I really was, was just heartbroken. Um, I was grieving while I read those articles and the even more disturbing and disgusting thing about this was that these cases aren't from churches that are like in Alabama with 12 people that, you know, something could happen and you would never know about it. Like these aren't from those tiny little Southern Baptist churches no one knows about. These are from a large 2,000, 3,000 people, person, congregations, churches that have the resources to vet their staff correctly. The churches that have the stage and the spotlight in a lot of cases. And that just, that made me just 
just shiver. Like I was just disgusted that churches with those resources, um, can be so susceptible to things like that. Um, and it's not necessarily the church's fault, uh, for hiring people that do that. It is, it's sometimes it just cannot be detected and it cannot be foreseen. And so it was a really just disgusting thing. All of the cases are horrible. Uh, there's a ton that is happening within the SBC right now, much more than I even have the knowledge to comment on. And so I don't want to spend too much more time talking about it, but I do want to encourage you guys, if you have not read the series of articles, that were published by the Houston Chronicle last week. You guys should go read them. Um, I think it will really shed some light on how fallen this world truly is. Um, We actually had, so if you guys don't know, I'm a student director at the Summit Church. And at the Summit Church, we have about five, we have about 15 student staff employees. We meet on a semi-regular basis. And we were meeting the other day. And since the youth pastor one kind of came out, we we were talking about that. We were praying and we were just praying about these issues. And we were praying about the Southern Baptist Convention as a whole. And we were praying about all of these things that were happening. And it hit me during that prayer that the people who are guilty of such disgusting and heinous acts against other innocent human beings, those people are still within the saving, like they are still, they have not disqualified themselves from salvation. And when that hit me, I almost broke down knowing that God's grace is sufficient for something like that. Like it not only gave me like hope in my salvation, but it just reminded me of how great our God is. Like Paul, the worst of sinners could was saved by Jesus. And so while you're reading these articles, yes, there were some horrible, horrible, horrible things done, things said, things that happen, they are heinous, they are horrible, they are disgusting, they are nauseating, they are wicked, they are satanic, they are horrible things. Yet those people are still able to be covered by the grace of God. Now, I'm not saying that they are saved or that they're going to, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that God's grace is sufficient to cover their sins. And if they repent, and they, 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 they can truly be saved. Um, and so I, I want to encourage you guys to, to pray for that. Like, like seriously and deeply pray for that to happen. Um, and so, yeah, I'll link the articles in the description and the show notes. I don't want to spend too, too much time talking about this. Um, it is a horrible thing that plagues this world. And unfortunately, the Southern Baptist Convention has been um, on blast And hopefully it will, hopefully this has got purging some of the, um, sin that is within our convention and hopefully we can, uh, grow and reconstruct and, uh, be stronger as a body of believers after this. So, uh, guys, so after that, uh, I want to talk about prayer because like I said, like we should be praying, uh, for God to work through this, um, our hope should be in Jesus. And since these articles have come out, I have seen my posture of prayer change. And 
I know my buddy Tyler, he's been on this podcast many times before. He has been in this season of just intentional prayer. And I really look up to someone like, like I look up to his posture. I look up to the way that he carries himself. I look up to the way that he is so intentional about reaching the lost people. Um, and so I, sorry, I just got a text. You probably heard it. I uh, have just been watching him and the way that he prays. And I have been so encouraged by him. And it has really encouraged me to pray. And at the summit, since I am working there, we did this panel and it was actually on prayer. And so I got to look at some of the higher staff at the summit. I got to look at my, actually my small group leader was on that panel as well. And we just got to listen to them and listen to how they pray and listen to how they converse with God. And it really just penetrated my heart. And it made me realize that I do not have good prayer habits. And it, it's not even that I wanted to fix or make better my make my prayers better I was convicted like my I was in sin because I was not pursuing the Lord through prayer and it hit me and I was convicted and so I went out and like I like my since then I have been on my knees daily in prayer. I've been journaling my prayers down, which is not something that I normally do. I've been up, at least I'm trying to get up earlier and I'm in the word and I'm praying and I'm walking through my daily reading plan. And before I go to bed, I'm reading the Valley of Vision. If you guys do not have the Valley of Vision, get the Valley of Vision. The Valley of Vision is a fantastic little prayer book. It's a Puritan prayer book and it will, it will teach you how to pray. It really will. And so, um, yeah, so what is prayer? I think, I think that's the first thing we have to do is bring grace and Nation podcast. If you guys have listened to any episodes before, you know that we like to define our terms. And so prayer, uh, I'm going to read a few different definitions. I'll be honest with you. I don't love really one of these definitions a lot. Like they're all good, but they're just, they're just not great. Um, so, and I really thought I would love the Westminster, the Westminster Bible dictionaries definition. And it's really long, so I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but I'll read you the first uh, sentence of their definition of prayer. They say, there is no direction as to prayer given in the Mosaic law. The duty is rather taken for granted as an adjunct to sacrifice than enforced or elaborated. Besides this public prayer, it was custom of all Jerusalem to go up to the temple at regular hours, if possible, for private prayer. You see that in Luke 18 and in Acts 3. And so, um, yeah, so they, there, there's more of like a historical backing to, to prayer, how in the, you know, old Testament through the sacrificial system, like that was uh, prayer, but we actually don't see any commands in the old Testament to pray, uh, which I actually didn't know. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that. And I thought it was quite interesting. Um, okay. So the concise Oxford English dictionary says that prayer is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or another deity. The pocket dictionary of apologetics says that prayer is communication with God or for some tradition, other supernatural beings and departed spirits. There are many forms of prayer, including propitiation, adoration, and thanksgiving, but most philosophical discussions of prayer have focused on the problems posed by petitionary prayer in which a person makes a request to God for some specific good. And then the 
Oh, Collegiate Dictionary 11th edition says that prayer is an address or a petition to God or gods in word or thought. So that gives you a little bit more behind uh, like a prayer can be word or thought. The um, concise or the, the Oxford Dictionary said a solemn request for help, which I liked that word solemn, right? Like like God will not despise a broken or contrite heart like Psalm 51, right? Um, I really enjoyed that. But none of these definitions, I think, really encapsulate what prayer is. Um, it, it really just seems like these definitions are trying to capture at well, prayer is a request to God for something. That really seems like what they're trying to get at through prayer. And although prayer does include a request for God, sometimes for something. I don't think that is all of prayer. And so I wanted to kind of go into what prayer looks like. I don't personally have a better definition. Um, I, I really don't. Maybe throughout the end of through this podcast, I'll come up with one on the spot, but I really don't have a better definition. Um, neither would I say that my definition should trump any other definition because I'm just some college student. However, I have seen some practical ways to pray uh, where we can learn to pray according to God's word, the way that we see Jesus do it in the New Testament, right? Even the way that we see the Psalms laid out, the way we see the Proverbs laid out, the way we see Job communicate with God. Although there's no explicit command in the Old Testament to pray, we see examples of it like everywhere. David through the prophets, uh, the Kings, you know, Job, who was kind of just kind of like this offshoot who lived kind of far away. Um, Esther and Ezra and Habakkuk and, um, Hosea and Gomer, right? So we see examples in the old Testament of prayer, but I think we, we see in the new Testament, this prime example of what it looks like to pray. And that is through the Lord's prayer. Um, and that is uh, that is I that is what I think like a, a perfect model for us to follow um, in in the New Testament. So I am currently googling it. So it's in Matthew six. Uh, it's kind of it's in the Sermon on the Mount, and um, Jesus says, "Then this is how you should pray." Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then he goes on to uh, continue his prayer. Um, I'm going to look up the entirety of Matthew 6. I I would encourage you guys just to memorize it. It's a fantastic uh, prayer just to just to know. Um, and I would use it as a model to model your prayers after. And so um, Matthew 6 verse 9 uh, starts with this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I actually heard a while ago this really amazing sermon. It was actually kind of a sermon series uh, by a guy named Daniel Butson. He's the OG. He, he's a really good preacher. 
And it was actually at a student summer camp, and he just literally walked through the Lord's Prayer, clause by clause, line by line. And he just deconstructed what each line looked like. And then at the end of kind of the, the week after he'd gone line by line by the entire thing, he was like, that is why all of this should influence how we pray. And it was really good. It was a really good climax, and it really taught me what it should look like. And the summit actually uh, uses this thing called ACTS, A-C-T-S, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. And it's actually the way that I teach my students to pray. And I think we see an example, at least maybe not perfectly, but we see that example in Psalms, right, where even... Uh, in the most difficult like times when, when the people are the most distressed, when people are dealing with sin, how do they start their prayers? They start with adoring who God is and thanking him for who, who he is and what he's done. If it's in Psalms, it's usually for a particular deliverance, whether it be the Exodus or uh, from the Babylonian uh, captivity. And so, and then in the New Testament, right, you see Paul and he always starts his prayer. Like he'll be given like some deep doctrine in Romans, right? And then he'll just say, like, boom, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He'll just erupt in this adoration. And uh, so that's how I start my prayers. I, when, I, when I am praying, I thank Jesus for who he is and what he's done. Um, I think so often we forget to, to remember who Jesus is and who God is and thank him for what he's done. Um, one of the things that Lynn Greer, JD's dad, uh, talked about in our prayer panel group is he said, when we pray, we tend to be intimately aware of our circumstances and vaguely aware of the character of God. And that's a dangerous place to be. And that quote, like captured me, right? Like when I'm praying, like I am going in with the expectation to pray for my circumstance. I might start with adoration, but I am praying to pray for my thing, right? Like I never just erupt in prayer just to thank Jesus for who he is and what he's done. And what, what Lynn is saying here is when we pray, we are sparked into prayer most of the time because we are intimately aware of our worldly circumstances and we are hardly aware of the character of God. And sometimes for us Christians, especially for Christians who have been doing it for a while, it just becomes muscle memory. Like we just start our prayer and we'll say the same thing and it will sound good, right? Like we can pray and we can make it sound good. We can make it sound fancy. We can make it sound eloquent. We can make it sound great but we're really just praying to get to our thing. Even if we pray for it last, right? We're just praying to get to our thing. And so this was a really convicting, like when I step into prayer, like I want to pray and just adore God for who he is and what he's done, regardless of my worldly circumstances. And so, and that's something that as humans, it's actually really difficult to do. I'm going to tell you, I don't know how to do it. I still struggle with things like this. However, my prayers have changed and it's been, Jesus, teach me how to pray. Teach me how to be more intimately connected with you. Teach me how to love you better. Teach me to adore you. And I'm just asking Jesus to show me how to do it because I know that I'm incapable. I can't do it. And so... I, I've been trying to start with that adoration, just deep adoration for the Lord. And sometimes I might not have the words to say. That's perfect. I have a Bible full of words to say. And I'll just pray through the Psalms. I'll just pray through, um, through Sermon on the Mount. I'll just pray through the Lord's Prayer, right? 
The next one is confession. And this one's really difficult, especially when we're praying as a group. Um, confession, like, like not, don't not only bring your sins up, ask God to reveal in your heart sins you don't know about. That's the difficult thing because he will do it. Just in the past three weeks in my life, I've prayed that prayer and God has convicted me over things that I never even thought were sins in the slightest. Like I am getting convicted over like just simple complaining over my situation. Like I struggled with one thing and it was super light and I was complaining and I was like, wow, like my heart is not right. Like the Lord is bringing to the surface in my life areas where there is darkness in my heart. And although it's a difficult prayer to pray and the Lord will show you areas in your life where you're struggling, hopefully through that you will see like where you need to change and how, how you can better pursue the Lord. And so confess your sins to the father. People will often tell me, especially uh, now that I'm a student director, people will come up to me and ask for me for my advice and they'll be like, well, like, why do I need to confess my sins if, if God's already forgiven me? Like I confess that I was a sinner when I was saved. Like what's the point of me having to do that again? And I oftentimes will respond with that. God has two types of forgiveness, right? Like there is your justifying forgiveness. When you are saved, you confess that you are a sinner, that you are in desperate need of a holy God to clothe you in his righteousness. And that you ask Jesus to come into your life. That is like a judge, right? That is you are on, you are on trial and you are guilty of your sins. And Jesus steps in and takes that punishment for you and forgives you. You are forgiven of your sins in that moment. Judicially, you are forgiven. But when I'm a Christian living my daily life and I'm going about, you know, just, just my daily routine and I slip up and I do something or I say something, or I look at something that's just not great. I know that I have, I have laughed in the face of the person of the God that stepped out of heaven and died for me. I spit in his face when I sin. And so when I am confessing my sin, I am confessing it to a father who loves me. This is fatherly forgiveness. This is me desperately. You still might be judicially forgiven, but this is me pursuing Jesus, asking him as my dad to forgive me of my sins, to give me a heart that loves his heart, to conform me to the image of his, of his son. This is me going to my dad, asking him for forgiveness. And so that's the, like, that is important because if our heart is not right, if our heart is not, is not aligned with, with God, then we are going to be unable to pursue him. And if there is unrepentant sin in our life, if there's unconfessed sin in our life, then, then we are not going to have that heart that's aligned with him. And so confession is uh, the second step in my prayer. And then I go on to Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving looks a lot like adoration, but I'm thanking God for what he's doing specifically in my life. So, uh, so in adoration, I am adoring the person of Jesus. I am in awe of the character of God and I am worshiping him. But, but Thanksgiving is God, I am seeing you work in the hearts of the people around me. You are drawing this person to salvation. I see you like you are saying, thank you, God. I needed that financial assistance last week. And for whatever reason, there was a check in my mailbox. God, thank you. 
God, for whatever reason, like my sickness, like it doesn't make sense, but my cancer is gone. Thank you. And so thank Thanksgiving is more of taking a look at what God is actively doing in your life and in the lives of the people around you and thanking him for working in that way. So that's the difference between adoration and Thanksgiving. And then lastly, I'll go to supplication. And this is where I have my list and I pray. I pray for my family. I pray for my church. I pray for my students. I pray for the missionaries. I pray for this country and I'll go through my list and I will pray for things that, that are really just impressed on my heart. And then I'll finish with praying for things that I need in my life. Diligence in my studies, wisdom with my kids. Um, my kids is in my students at, uh, the summit. And so, um, and I'll just go through the acts and like, yeah, like you might be sitting back in your chair or driving to work or whatever and being like, I don't need a stupid acronym to help me pray. Well, I'm going to tell you, maybe you do. And maybe the pride in your heart that's keeping you, uh, from, from putting this in your life might be why your prayer life is so empty and dry. Um, and now again, on the complete opposite side of that, I'm not saying that you need to walk into prayer with a super structured outline. Like you've outlined your conversation with God and you know what you're going to say at minute 32. And I'm not saying do that. Cause that can also be very, uh, that can, that can be very unhealthy and, and create the same dryness that you're experiencing in your prayer. I'm saying that use this as a guide to lead you into humble obedience and prayer with the Lord. Um, and so I would encourage you guys, maybe just do it for a week. Maybe just do it for a week. Wake up 15 minutes early and start your day with prayer. Pursue the Lord. Do it for a week and let me know how it goes. Guys, thank you so much for, uh, listening to this podcast. You guys don't have to listen to this podcast, but you guys do. And I'm so humbled by the way that God is moving. We, we have listeners in Pakistan and in the Philippines. And guys, if you're any of those people listening, thank you so much. I would love to hear from you guys. Um, you guys want to get in touch with me? You can email me, gracenationministries at yahoo.com. Get in touch with me. You can uh, shoot me a Facebook message, Instagram, whatever. You guys know how to find me. March 8th, I am recording an episode with one of my all-time favorite theologians. So I posted it on Facebook a while ago and I was like, Hey guys, March 8th, super special uh, guest on the podcast. I am so excited to record this episode. You guys may or may not have heard of him. I'm not going to say his name. We're going to, we're going to keep it on the, we're going to keep it on. We're going to keep it on the cliffhanger here, but guys, I hope you guys have a fantastic week. Feel free to reach out to me. I am back on schedule, so won't be missing another podcast. I am excited uh, to hear how you guys how you guys are doing, guys. I, I'm so humbled by all of you. Thank you so much. You can check out my website, grace-nation.com. You, there you can pick up some gear. We got t-shirts, hoodies, cups. We got the whole shebang. So go check it out. And uh, use discount code FAMILY10 at checkout for a uh, 10% discount and free shipping. That's right. Now, I'm not, I'm not giving you none of that, you know, overnight, you know, crap. I'm just doing that, that regular five business day shipping. Cause I ain't got time and the money to give you that overnight crap. All right. So we're doing five business days, but it's free. So you guys can enjoy that. I say this every episode. Maybe you missed it last week. Maybe, maybe you missed me last week saying this, but you are beautiful and you are one of a kind 
Until next time, take care and God bless.